it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Hello, lovelies. Thank you for being here today back at the windowsill. If you are returning and for first timers, you picked a great episode to tune into because I am talking to Hannah Cole today. And not only is Hannah an artist, a very good artist, but she's also an educated tax preparer, tax expert, I should say. Hannah specializes in working with creative businesses and mission-driven solopreneurs. As a longtime working artist herself, she's helped tens of thousands of self-employed people skill up with accessible tax and money education through her Money Bootcamp program, speaking engagements, and on the Sunlight Podcast. So she's got lots of things for you to dig into. As artists carve their paths through various industries, they encounter a myriad of challenges, yet financial literacy is rarely addressed. Anybody? Anybody? Hand raised, which leads often to feelings of failure and shame. And today's conversation with Hannah sheds light on this systemic failure and turns it into a journey of empowerment and self-compassion, which is something all of us should have. A few of the things we discuss today that I think you might really get a lot out of, the small responsibilities that come with being a small business owner in the U.S. and wherever you are, navigating self-employment taxes and optimizing deductions, personal struggles that Hannah has faced with her own creative career and financial literacy, what propelled her towards accounting education. I think you'll be really empowered after this and maybe feel a little bit of, oh, yes, I can. And the timing is such that Hannah has a free workshop coming up for you. There's just a lot for you to learn from her. As I said, Hannah's a longtime working artist with a high-level exhibition history. And the financial challenges of freelancers and small creative businesses are both relevant and personal to her. And she knows that describing tax concepts in jargon-free language is always a good thing. She delivers engaging tax education that is art world savvy and empowering. She's not just a number person, she's an artist too, as I mentioned. On her Sunlight podcast, she discusses taxes, money, and career issues for creative people. And if you want to learn more about Hannah and what she does, you can check her out at sunlighttax.com. But a better way to learn more quicker is just to keep those ear pods in and keep doing what you're doing. And we will get right into it. Here's Hannah. Hannah, thanks so much for being here. I'm really looking forward to this. Thanks, Margo. I'm really excited too. You know, I just think as creatives, there's so many things that we feel like we need to have sorted for ourselves. We need to do 
you know, we most of us work for ourselves or freelance or whatever it is. And there's so many little business details in there that we're either not all of us work on both sides of the brain and you being a creative and you being a tax pro. What an amazing combination. I'm I'm sure people will be like all ears and I can't wait to, I'm just going to say it right now, continue this series because it's not something that goes away. And I just, I love your approach of um, no shame. So it's so necessary. And I see this as a person who's been shamed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did not, I do not come to this work from, from Mount Olympus. (laughs) I was like, Almost got divorced over my annual tax filing. And just, (laughs) I've been through the horrors. So I really understand why it can feel so particularly fraught and painful. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely here for the no shame. (laughs) Such good words. I think especially for, well, it's for anybody that doesn't really feel like that's their strong point. You know, I... I'm a creative, but I was never a math whiz. And yes, taxes are different than math, but also not. You know, it's organization. It's Mm -hmm. even knowing what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And so, you know, tell us a little bit about your your journey and kind of how painter turned to tax expert and, you know, back and forth. Yeah, sure. Well, so, I mean, I always knew I wanted to be an artist. Artist came first. um, Love it. I had a couple painful experiences throughout my art career. Um, I graduated from my MFA in painting program in 2005. So that's, you know, it's been a minute. I've been a professional painter for a minute. Yeah. Um, and I had a couple of painful experiences that just highlighted how disrespectfully artists are treated in this mm. world. We're assumed to be stupid. Um mm by people who, you know, honestly, by people who really don't know what artists do all day, um, which is a lot, a lot of people. Yes, it's true. Um, oh, it must like be so fun. Home. Oh my gosh, that, yes, yes. That's sort of like, they're there, little girl. You, like everybody assumes you're a dilettante. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like sitting, I remember walking into my dad's accountant um, because it was the year that I was out of graduate school, like starting my first year doing taxes as a professional artist. And, um, and I walked into that room feeling like kind of a badass. Like I've just gotten this huge grant and I had two residencies lined up and I had a gallery courting me and I was like, yeah, I'm all that. And I walk in and he's like, so when are you going to get a real job? And I just like, I just felt so deflated and unseen and just like, wait, you're not seeing what, what I'm seeing. (laughs) Oh, it's just awful. I I used to be married to somebody that asked me that all the time. <laughs> and I'm I'm not oh. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no no more needs to be said there. <laughs> no more needs to be said. You know, I love in your your first pinned post on your Instagram is is one I would recommend that everybody go listen to and I'll I'll pop it in the sh- actually I already popped it in the show notes, but you one of the things you say is I'm not your dad's tax accountant, which is that just great uh, uh, who doesn't hear that and, and cringe a little bit because you know it always feels like a lecture in the living room from dad where you're sitting in the, you know, you've done something wrong and and that you just filled it out for us. Yeah, it's and it's it's an awful way to be treated and it's uh it's unwarranted, it's unfair. It's and it's just also like when you're in a room like that, even though in theory you have access to this person where you could ask questions, 
You can't really, because when you're flooded with that feeling of like shame and defensiveness, like, no, I'm actually really good. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to like, you're just in this defensive position trying to say like, no, what I'm doing is valid. Right. And actually that's, you know, like to ask tax questions. I see this all the time, especially with um, people who've like worked hard to get the sort of credentials and expertise that they have garnered in their life. And this is not always just artists. I know doctors like this and people who have founded nonprofits and they, you know, they feel like I've worked really hard to like get this expertise. The last thing they want to do is show how little they know about taxes. And honestly, everybody knows nothing about taxes because we don't have a tax education in this country. So like, it's actually really common and then you sit with this person who sees nothing about the value you bring to the world. And you like, it's like you, it's like you just don't even speak the same language. I mean, you just can't even get the information you need out of them because you can't even admit that you don't know the difference between a Roth and a traditional IRA in that right. setting. Right. And so you just kind of go, Oh, well, okay. And, and leave feeling deflated and defeated and maybe make some more mistakes before you find the right way to go. Totally. Not to mention, they they don't not charge you for, for that terrible stuff. <laughs> not <seven. to> mention. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you kind of what what happened then? Well, I had another I had another experience actually in the design world, which is a whole it's like a part of my life I don't talk about so much because I am an artist, but um but I love the design world so much. And it taught me being in that world for a little while taught me quite a lot about like how a little bit more like business-like operations can be very helpful. Mm -hmm. Like even in just having professional conversations where you say hard things to people, like doing that in a professional way versus a really personalized way can just be magic. (laughs) So I learned that. But in this, um, I was a project manager at this design agency in New York City. And um this thing happened there where my boss had also had this kind of experience we're talking about with like the dad's accountant person and was a kind of allergic to his numbers. Didn't want to, didn't want to look. I think he had a sneaking suspicion that even though he brought in enormous amounts of money in the Mm -hmm. contracts, he had to hire so many contractors to fulfill those contracts that actually he wasn't making any money. And I kept being like, you have to, you know, we have to set up bookkeeping. We don't know if we're, you know, what the profit margin is here. Finally, when he did it, he learned that he was hemorrhaging money. (gasps) And within the week, every single one of us at that agency, it's like 10 people. We all were called into the office and all let go. The company dissolved. Wow. Yeah. So that was like a real shovel to the face moment where I was like, wow, if you don't know what your numbers are, bad things can happen. So that was like the second super crystallizing moment where I was like, this is, you know, people like me, people like us, we're not being served. We we need this stuff and there is a disconnect. So I just decided, well, frankly, that that was the moment I decided to go to school for accounting because I was out of a job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that works. You know what I think? Yeah, I was like, I, I have an idea. I have an idea for a thing that should exist in the world. So I just, I, you know, it's kind of at rock bottom. So I'm just like, well, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to see if I can do this, um, you know, make a business where 
people can learn about their taxes. Creative people can come and learn about their taxes. Wow. That is not usually, uh, those aren't usually two words you hear in the same phrase, creative tax per- tax person, you know? And I just, I love that you saw the need and you were curious about it. And mm-hmm. also, you know, there are certainly things in our life that drive us to do things because, you know, we need to pay the bills, but what a cool mm-hmm. thing to do. When was that? How long ago? Yeah, let's see. Well, it took me a few years to get through school, partly because I had a toddler and a baby on the way. Um, That was scary. Um, So that was, let's see. Well, my youngest was born in 2014. So that was probably about 2012. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how do these, how does, do you still do a lot of work as an artist as well? Well, I want, Margo, I want to tell you that I have a wonderful sense of balance and I you know, <laughs> keep it all, but um, that's not quite the truth. <laughs> right. You have kids in there too. Um, I know, I know, yes. But the real truth is that, yes, I'm, I'm represented by a gallery. I just had a show. I just had a solo show that came awesome. down a couple weeks ago. So what happens is I get a show, I get an opportunity and I scramble. <laughs> yes, yeah. But yes. I am making art in a scrambly kind of a way. I understand. Sometimes that's what's that's the best way to make it happen. I I'm a scrambly artist at the moment as well. And I, yeah, <laughs> I only allow myself one show a year right now because I know what it means. I I get that. I I really get that. I actually feel. Oh, I don't even want to say this. That this is a, like an anti-manifesting thing that I'm going to say here because I don't want to manifest this, but like. I almost feel like oh, I can't handle another show right now. Like I mm-hmm. have a lot of work with Sunlight Tax and yeah. Um, yeah. I have to keep my pace sort of yeah. modest on the art side a little bit. Well, and you know, tax, when, when, when I think of tax, it's certainly a heavier time of year starting now. And of course that, you know, that looks different, but you have brought an understanding mm-hmm to so many people. Can you elaborate a little bit about how you act as a translator between the creative world and the tax world? Yeah. I love that you said it that way because I, I actually was in college. I was totally interested in linguistics. I took mm. all these linguistics courses. And one of the things that was a revolution in my brain was studying Deborah Tannen, who studies... Um, she took She did this innovation in linguistics. I know I'm mm. kind of going to the side here. Go for it. But she she took the theory of cross-cultural communication and mm-hmm. she started applying it instead of just like, you know, these guys in Papua New Guinea versus these this population in northern Germany. She started taking that theory and applying it to different kinds of cultures like men and women uh-huh. and how men and women cross-culturally communicate. And I was so interested in that work. I read everything I could get my hands on that Deborah Tannen's ever written. I was so interested in that idea of different cultures speaking to each other that it it has truly become my life's work. That is like really actually what I do. I translate between <laughs> accountants, between tax weenies and artists. Yeah. So we need you. Um, yeah. I mean, I think what's cool is like there's all these things that that you can know that are knowable things. Mm-hmm. Like um calculating your ideal price point like you can do math to figure out what your perfect price point 
will be. Like there's equations for this. Right. Right. And um and I was just as soon as I was in school for this, I was like, wait a minute, this exists? I mean, it was just like a revolution. I was like, but artists have not been taught that we need to know this. And it just yeah. felt like it felt like there's this world that's just like been sort of closed off to us, partly because of this assumption that we're not interested in it right. or too flaky. Or we won't understand it. it. Yeah, totally. I mean, per- first of all, I feel like we need to just address the artist stereotype for a second. Yeah. Like anybody who's listening, who's ever applied for a grant, you've done something so much harder than a tax return, right? Like a, when you do a grant, you're basically doing the hardest thing in the world, right? You are like speaking to an audience you have to imagine, so you will not meet. You um, You make a case for a body of work that does not yet exist. Um, you make it visible to people who don't necessarily have a great sense of imagination. You, uh, you know, you can articulate yourself, you show incredible visual images of existing work. And, uh, and then you follow these like nitpicky little instructions to the letter. And you do it on a deadline with massive competition. Yeah. I mean, like, even a tax return doesn't have the competition part. And, you know, they just care that you meet the deadline. Um, it's true so i just yeah i just like artists really undercredit themselves um we're so capable any artist who like needs to get a certain skill in order to complete a new body of work they'll do it you know we're yeah. so resourceful I know. so i just this idea that like this is a thing we can't do i just want to i want to get that out of the room because yeah we absolutely can do it i mean i'm I'm a really good example. I'm a little bit of an extreme example of that, but um, we'll take it. I mean, let, I mean, I know, love, I you love can definitely that, get good at taxes. Not yeah. impossible. No. And I love that you're the extreme because you're speaking our language. I mean, your, our language and I'm including you is mm-hmm. what, you know, you're saying, Hey, artist, fellow artist, I did this and I have created a platform in a way to help you figure this out too. And, and it's, it's very rare. I mean, I know when I think about taxes in general, you know, I've had um, the same tax preparers for long lengths of time because they, they must've been people who didn't make me feel, you know, like I was doing something wrong. The, you know, I mm-hmm. the one I have now. It, I lived in Kansas City for a long a while, and I it was I'm I was H and R Block, and I have this one gal there who just she's so easy for me to communicate with. Why would I change? You know, but I totally. don't feel like I know. I mean, I I can't wait to dig in more and and hear more about uh, you know your thoughts about it. But I'd love to talk about you know the whole accounting part, accounting for creatives. Um, challenges and rewards of bringing accounting and tax law to creative individuals in various industries. You mentioned in this on your um, little blurb about you, you know, realtors, you've spoken to so many groups of people. Realtors have their own business. Like it's all about having your own Mm -hmm. business. It doesn't really matter what that business is, but how do you kind of, what, what are the challenges and rewards of, of bringing that to, to the, to your people, I should say. Yeah. Well, I think, honestly, it feels like all reward. I mean, Mm. I think the thing is, 
is that artists are smart and they want to know this stuff. So I actually don't really feel any resistance at all. I feel like as soon as, as soon as it's clear, as I can make it clear to somebody like, no, I, I really am an artist. Legitimately, yeah. I fully understand the world that you live in. And, and, um, and I've been through a lot of pain for a lack of this knowledge. So like, I see you once we establish that safety, they're just like, Oh, okay. Well, I have this question. Oh, I have this question. Wait, we've never talked about this. Wait, I can do that. I mean, it's just like a, a, you know, water in a sponge, just like sucking it up, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think just like on a technical level, I mean, there's no tax education in this country. And I think a lot of, a lot of people in general, but artists, especially because a lot of us did not get, a uh, robust enough professional development or business training in our mm. art schools. Um, and n- nobody got tax education. No. So it's like, we think we're broken. We think it's us, like it's our own lack. And it's not, it's like a systemic, it's a real systemic failure. Um, that's not any individual artist's fault. Right. But I think what's helpful is just to see kind of, oh, here's how the sort of tax system works. And here's what your kind of little zone of it is. And to, mm-hmm. just to be clear about what terms I'm using here, the mm-hmm. zone that artists are in are, is self-employment. Artists mm-hmm. are generally self-employed. And basically what you have to think of, and this, you know, a designer does not really have this challenge in a way that often a fine artist does. A fine artist is like the most difficult uh, piece of this. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us as artists, we don't think of ourselves as businesses, but the tax law sees us yes. as a business. Yeah. So if you can align the way you see your practice with the way the IRS sees your practice, you just have an easier time filing your taxes. I mean, yeah, just to kind of put a point on it. Yeah, I um, appreciate that. But then once you, well, and once you recognize that, like that's how you are treated, and kind of what the danger is of being too hobby-like. Mm-hmm. then you can start unlocking some of the magic of being a small business in the US which is no small thing. I mean, this is a cap- this is ground zero for capitalism. Like yeah. it or not, you get a lot of benefit for being a small business in the US. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that. <laughs> I know, you yeah. know, what are some of the benefits about being a small business in the US? How does one start to wrap their head around this whole thing? Yeah. So, well, let me talk about like the two sides of the coin, because this is common in tax. There's usually kind of a benefit and a responsibility, two sides. So the responsibility side is self-employment tax. We owe that. (laughs) That's the biggest and first thing for people to understand. It's the reason that a lot of artists underestimate how much tax they owe, which is a dangerous thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but the reason that we owe self-employment tax, any income you make when you're self-employed is subject to self-employment tax. Basically, what that is, is um, it's Medicare and Social Security. Mm-hmm. So you are paying into, just like an employee would have to, right. does have to, you are paying into your Medicare and Social Security account, essentially. Right. And when the problem is when you're an employee, you pay 7.65% of your pay into Medicare and Social Security and your employer matches your 7.65 and they pay an equal 7.65%. That's not coming out of your pocket when you're an employee. That comes out of your boss's pocket. But when you're self-employed, you pay both halves. 
So you actually have twice as much money going into Medicare and Social Security. Um, and that's not to punish you. It's not to be mean. You know, people take it really personally. Who else is there? Like, it's just you. It's just how much <laughs> like, it costs. It's just what it is. So there's you're the employee. And so you have to pay that 7.65, but you're also your employer. And so you pay that. And this is actually the reason why there's this little wrinkle in the tax code that half, one half of your self-employment tax is deductible. That's the reason why. Because your boss half, bosses get to take deductions. Mm -hmm. Bosses are business owners and they get to take deductions. So the boss gets to deduct that half. Employees do not get deductions. And so as the employee, you don't get to deduct that half because they really make the law equal between these two groups. Mm. So anyway, that's just like a little wrinkle. So you have to pay 15.3% of your profit into Social Security and Medicare, which, you know, 15.3% of your profit is not nothing. Right. No, it's not. <laughs> and that is before income tax. So if you're paying 20% income tax rate, listen, 20% is a relatively high income tax rate. You probably don't owe that if you're mm -hmm. making your living off of your art. But God willing, I hope you do one day. Right. Um, so, you know, if you if you owe 20% tax on that, then that's on top of the 15.3. Taxes can feel kind of high when you're yeah. when you're self-employed. But the good side, the like the awesome side is like the boss, you really get all the benefits of being a business owner. So you get to deduct all the costs of running your business, which an employee doesn't get. So it's like right. you can think of it like, oh, I pay twice as much for Medicare and Social Security, but you get to deduct things and that employee doesn't deduct anything. So that's the yeah. That's the good part. And anybody here listening who's got a studio is like, oh, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Right. But there's so many things that are business, business expenses. I mean, you know, for so long, I had my own business and then I went into corporate and then, you know, more back to my own business. But I would say I got in such the habit of saving and it was in the early days. So everything was paper. I had saved every single thing because it was potentially part of that, you know, tax write-off or whatever it was, because it, if it pertained to my business. And, and you know, I didn't know. Somebody told me that along the way, right? But there's those benefits and not. And yeah, it's huge. I mean, if you really kind of like think about it, you get a subsidy, you're getting a taxpayer subsidy on everything you spend to run your business. That's kind of amazing. It so, is. Yeah, and this, and it includes all kinds of stuff, your studio, your, you know, any business mileage you drive, meals you have with potential collectors, um, you know, drinks, you go out for yeah. drinks with uh, like people you're collaborating on a project with, like that is deductible. Lovely. Yeah. I know, you know, when you, I would always make sure, and I, I'm saying this, like, I know what I'm talking about, but I don't, but, um, you know, if I traveled somewhere, I'm always getting inspiration for whatever it is I'm working on. So there's so many ways to to look at that. And that's, again, aligning yourself with someone like you that can say yes or no to these to these things and and kind of teach us how to how to go about it. One of the things, you know, for those listening, um, Hannah and I really I just love the idea of having you here. First of all, Hannah, because I think this is, again, it's a it's kind of a black hole taxes. So to just to hear somebody like you talk about talk about it with such understanding, I think is great. So we'll we'll continue that 
obviously today, but going forward is too. But you mentioned too that we wanted to lean into talking about the value of being a generalist. And I think today, I I love that you said this because so many times when I am consulting with someone or working with my mastermind group or whatever it is, I think that sometimes we'll set out as an artist, which you can relate to, you know, I'm I'm a fine artist. I'm going to be in a gallery. I'm People are going to collect my work or I want to be a licensed artist and I want to do pattern design and I'm, I just want to see my things in stores, but you're then relying on, well, we're always relying on, on the, on our consumer, but if you can do more than one thing, you're going to potentially get money from more than one place. And so what does it mean in your mind to be a generalist and how is it, how is being one benefited your creative and professional pursuits? Yeah. Well, a lot of it was just like moving from these different subcultures and like learning, for example, before I, when I needed money, but before I figured out that I wanted to form my company, Sunlight Tax, and actually do accounting, I tried to get a job in the design world thinking like, oh, well, you know, that's more obviously a money-making place. I could you know, apply some of my skills and try to learn design. So I got this job at an interactive design agency in New York. P.S. Oh my God, I have so much respect for design now. And I no longer think (laughs) that it would be easy (laughs) to become a designer. I learned very quickly that I was wrong. Um, But but just being in that culture was fascinating to me. Like I loved just honestly just having my eyes open to like the professional standards and practices of the design world. Like Mm -hmm. it's client work. There's a client, there is sort of a professionalism to it because of a client relationship. There's a sort of like you're on now kind Uh of quality to that. Yeah. Um, And it made me, it really highlighted how the art world does not have that. Like the art world disguises all your work as fun. And except that it's <laughs> mandatory fun, right? Like, yeah, my gallery has an opening. I'm supposed to go. Like, right. yeah, it's a party, but it's work. <laughs> I'm supposed to go. That's my job, right? Um, so that you know, I I found that those clear boundaries were awesome. I also loved how in the design world, everybody signs contracts. Like, you do not do things without contracts. And I was like, boy this is a lot nicer and more secure than the like handshake world of the art world. I mean, I've been screwed before. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had shows that I was solo shows that I was promised and was making work for. It was like deep into just completely canceled and pulled out from underneath me. Um, Contracts would have been so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Contracts are a beautiful thing for sure. Oh God. They are beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, just like those, just realizing like that there were these professional standards, there were sort of ways to have conversations that about hard things about being paid more or things taking more time that were professional. And that didn't have to mean that you weren't friends anymore. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this makes life so much easier. Right. Like you said. Yeah. I love that too. Cause it is, it is professional and it's not, it's not like, oh, I don't trust you. It's it's a let's build build this from a wise foundation, really. Oh, totally. Totally. And I it's you know, it 
the more that the more that I've now I use contracts all the time and yeah. I preach contracts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I realize like they get everybody they force you to have that hard conversation up front. Yeah. And you know, misunderstandings happen. They do. They just they don't happen because you're a bad person, but they just do. People come into situations with assumptions and contracts force you to get the assumptions off out of the way, right? Yeah. You like have to look at it and be like, oh, I thought this other thing. Let's have a let's talk about what that delivery actually means. Um and it just at that actually friendly and honestly it feels like that clarity feels so much more freeing. It's like yeah. now I really know what the bounds are and I can go hard um because I have the safety and protection of this contract behind it. Yeah, I love that so much. You know, I've seen um as the new year came to a close, I think in relationships, mm -hmm. it's really wise to do that too. kind of have a yearly meeting where you're saying like, what, are, what's happening with this, with life, you know, what, what are our goals? Where's our mm -hmm. money, you know, just getting some of that hard stuff out yeah. of the way. I know some people do it monthly, some people do it once a year, but those little things in any relationship just give you again, that foundation where you're not guessing you're, it's a safe place to communicate. Yeah. And you're, you're yeah. just going forward from that place. Yeah. You're really making me think about this because I think, um, I think that's part of the difficulty of the art world disguising work. as fun. Like mm. you also, your colleagues are your friends. It's mm -hmm. one of the reasons that it feels weird to like expense your meal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're talking about, Cause you're like, these are just my friends. But yeah. actually like if you're going out for dinner or getting drinks with them to talk about your next project, you're having a business meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so like there is something kind of awesome about that, but I do think that it make it can make these I really loved in the design world that there was a bit of formality because uh, like, you know, here's the client. And like the client's coming into the office, I'm going to have to like show them what I've got so far. We're going to have to have like, you know, a, n a number of revisions that they want to have is like defined in the terms of the contract. Like those things are actually super helpful. And like having that bit of, it's actually harder to put those bits of formality in with friends. And I think that's a thing that makes the art world a little tricky and um, learning how to, you know, stay friendly while still being like, and you're going to deliver this by this date. And what yeah. happens if you don't <laughs> like that's still, Oh my gosh. Cool. I mean, having had my own with a business partner, a creative business. Oh, even even if you do have contracts, it turn it can turn dicey. But there's there's um, you, you, we want to please people. We want to make sure we're doing doing our best for each other. But I think it's so important. It's so important to to really cover cover yourself and and cross your t's mm -hmm. and dot your eyes when you talk to creatives about taxes like how do you start that whole conversation because mm -hmm. somebody say somebody comes to you and says yeah. oh my gosh i just i'm not you know i don't use that side of my brain i don't even know what to do i've only learned again from my dad's accountant like where do you start that conversation yeah well i usually start by reminding reminding them or often it's for the first time that they've heard it there's no tax education that there's no shame in not knowing this stuff because really nobody knows it. <laughs> so like, I think that's a good place to start. 
Yeah. Um, and also just like reminding them how capable they are, you know, mm-hmm. like just that, that artists, we do so many things. We are so resourceful and like, we will go out and skill up on anything that we need in order to complete our work. And um, really taxes is just one more element to all of that. So I think that baseline is, is the place that I like to start. Mm-hmm. And then once we sort of get into taxes, what I like to talk about is one explaining self-employment tax, which is like massive source of underestimating how much tax somebody owes. Yeah. Um, but then the next thing, and this one is really can be really painful because it comes when you're making money. And it, so it's like, it can turn a good year bad really fast is yeah. um, paying your quarterly taxes. Yeah. Um, that is something that, Nobody comes out of the womb knowing. You have to learn how it works. Um, yeah. And most accountants really do not take time to teach it. So paying, knowing how to do your estimated quarterly taxes, I think that is a really, really big and important issue that artists, that creatives need to know about just to stay on top of things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a reason that it's set up to work that way. There's a reason. It's tricky though. And I'm going to go to the part that the realness of it is if when you are self-employed and you might not be making what you need to, the taxes might not be something that you put aside for those quarterly taxes. You, you're you just like, I have to pay the rent. And then, and that's such a slippery slope, you know, it's, it has to, there has to be uh, learning and acceptance and somebody like you to say, no, it, it's okay. You'll be okay. Here's how you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the earlier, I just think that the earlier, you know, that stuff, the more you can not get behind, like the, it's a real problem that the way that most people learn how to do taxes is by getting in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's not a good way to do it. Um, but it's unfortunately too common. Um, so you know, the people who I know who with the absolute best records, they're people who've been audited. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't want that. That's not a no. good way to learn. No. Uh, not a fun way. Uh, it is a great way to lose weight, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think is your biggest piece of advice for someone that's either starting out or new to monetizing their their creations? What should that person, or I could even say somebody that's, not been embracing paying taxes in the way they need to. What should we keep in mind when it comes to earning money as creatives when it comes to taxes? And I know we've talked about all, all you know, quarterly and things like that, but like what would what's your kind of gem of a thing not to forget? I think the most magical, relatively simple thing that you can do for yourself is to open a separate bank account for your creative practice. Just that. Mm. Because when you do that, it unlocks bookkeeping for you. Um, mm. You can either do manual bookkeeping, like with a spreadsheet. And honestly, that's how I do it as a painter. Like I'm having a great year if I make 10 sales. So like, I don't have tons of transactions. Manual is not really a big deal for me. If I were selling stickers, I would not be manual. <laughs> yeah, You know, if, you're, if you've got huge volumes of stuff, you want to automate it. Um, but if you open a separate business bank account, then... Um, what you want to do is just only make your, you know, deposit all the income you make from your creative practice into that bank account, make all your expenses from that bank account. 
um, we can talk about how to, how to pay yourself because that's kind of an issue. Yeah. But, um, though it's totally doable. Um, but then what happens is that bank statement becomes the backbone for bookkeeping. You don't mm-hmm. have to be looking at receipts and losing things. You actually have like a registry of everything that comes into and goes out of your business. So that like as a baseline mm-hmm. is like how to, how to go from that horror show with the highlighter mm-hmm. of your statements like on April 14th. And I say this with experience. <laughs> um it's how to stop doing that and how to get like <laughs> um yeah ahead of it ahead that's, of yourself. that's a very sort of ground that's a ground level tip the next the next level stuff is about like setting aside is about like really looking you know when i say doing your bookkeeping what i mean here is like tracking your income tracking your expenses doing the small amount of math to determine what is left in other mm-hmm. words determining what your profit is Mm-hmm. Remember, I lost my job at one point because somebody, my boss wasn't doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just knowing what your profit is, that's a big deal because your profit is what you're taxed on. And so if you know what your profit is, you have a basis for estimating what tax you owe, and then you can do it. So it actually yeah. just, it kind of unlocks all the power. Um, I think a lot of people get so scared of looking. Um, yeah that they, they avoid it just because they're scared what it's going to say. And I, I fully recognize how scary that can be. I mean, here, here we are after the holidays and I've been eating too much, too many cookies and drinking too much alcohol. And like, I don't like getting on the scale, but it is kind of the path to, you know, cutting back again and getting getting yourself right. Yeah. But I love that you say that because it is scary. When because it's some of it's the unknown. Am I doing this right? We don't always mm-hmm. know that. Then you bring in things like ten ninety nines and things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, just to just to get really real and vulnerable for a second, like I really know what it's like to have a terror of what my profit was. Like I, I did not have a positive number. I had a loss for many, many years as an artist, which is actually pretty normal. I now know. Um, but I felt so much shame about it. Um, mm. And I was like, I, I have work in museums. How is it possible that I you know, like, am not making any money at this? And then, of course, mm. like I would fight with my partner over that. And, you know, it's, it felt like a judgment on me as a human being and on my art. Practice. I mean, yeah. money is how we value things in this culture. And not having it felt like, oh, I'm not valued. So I really understand the the fear of looking, but it's, oh, I'm so, you know, so glad you said that it, it, because then, I mean, you, you mentioned paying yourself, but when, when you're anything that comes in, whether you're selling stickers or a beautiful, large canvas, you, the idea is to be able to support yourself. And when it's mm-hmm. not making money or you don't know how to look at it, mm-hmm. that's when you can trip, I think. Yeah. For sure. And so I, I just think like you to, to, to do this, especially if it's been, if you've had it going for a long time and have been avoidant, mm-hmm. just looking, you have to have a lot of grace for yourself. Like you just, it's really, really important to just try and look at it with neutral eyes and just look at it as information and not, and keep the judgment away. 
I've realized that it's a hard sort of like saying, just become enlightened by, you know, yeah. monitoring your breath. Like, yes, simple, but not easy. <laughs> right. Um, and I have to do it in order for that to happen. Yes. Yes. But that with practice, it gets easier. It also gets less loaded, I think. Mm. And so it really does require that first look. You just, you know, do whatever you need to after you've had that look. Give yourself a reward. <laughs> yeah. Have a glass of wine. Do what, yeah. do, do what you need to take a bubble bath. Whatever you need to do after you've looked to like congratulate yourself. Yeah. For that. It's that whole like I can see it kind of visually as a cartoon where you're peeling it back and looking and you want to close that cover really quickly or that that old adage when we used to write checks that that you know somebody said well i must still have money in my bank account i have checks left you you know (laughs) doesn't work that way (laughs) yes i had a client describe it once as a monster under the bed yeah um it's it's like that like you gotta like take the flashlight you're gonna look and just see what's there yeah the cool thing is that you exist. That's that's a bonus for us all because you figured out <laughs> that artists might need somebody that's on their side, that's aligned with them. And tell us what that looks like. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I think um I think artists need advocates. I mean, I think we advocate for each other. I think we actually do a great job with that but i think we need to do it outside of the art world um the accounting world is certainly a world that does not understand or value our artists enough um but i think um one just like recognizing what your rights are like this is a thing i love about my work it's like hey these are your it's your right to take a loss if you have a profit motive like that's a, that's a whole can of worms I just opened there, but that's that's real. A lot of artists do have losses and, and yet are still legitimate business people running real businesses with a profit mm-hmm. motive. That's the IRS definition of a business, that mm-hmm. you have a profit motive. And so knowing what your right is and then knowing some strategy for how to handle that, I think that is a lot of power in and of itself. And again, like if you don't take the flashlight and you don't take a look, you you can't know, right? It's this is why I call my business sunlight. It's just yeah. like you you need to shine the light on it. Yeah. Um yeah. So I think I think that that I think knowing what you're entitled to, knowing first of all that you're treated like a business and that you're entitled to your deductions, that you're also entitled to a loss on occasion, those are really powerful things um mm-hmm. that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um and that there's somebody and I just like want you. Every artist to know. Yeah, th- I was going to say that there's somebody like you that's here to help us navigate that. You know, I think mm-hmm. I originally yeah. came across you on social media. It was um, I remember mm-hmm. I have a dear friend who's an accountant, and she's great. You know, she appreciates the creative. And I know she was trying to be very helpful to me when I was asking her about 1099s and being like, no, no, seriously, those have to happen at a different time. And she, she, she'd always say, just, it's easy, just do it, just do this. And I'd be like, oh, you know, and I think at that moment or soon, soon around that, um, I mm-hmm. came across you and your, just your message was so, it felt I felt seen and it felt you felt approachable. Your program felt approachable. And 
anyway, I was just very grateful to see that there was somebody out there speaking my language and it just seemed so foreign to find somebody like that. Um, You know, so tell us about some of the ways that you work with people. Sure. So I have a program called Money Bootcamp and it is, it's basically sort of like, again, it's in the language of an artist. Um, There's no jargon, but it's just me imparting the the wisdom that you need for the the framework is like mindset then education then organization systems and then the level up so mm. it kind of addresses i want to address the sort of like you can do this this is like legitimate <laughs> also like your work is very important and believing in your work is the baseline here mm. uh that's the mindset part the education is just like you know, you didn't come out of the womb knowing what a Roth 401k was. You you have to learn these things. So like you need a baseline. And then the organization is just like in the program, I, we, I help people set up very, very simple. When I say systems, I don't mean anything crazy. I mean, bookkeeping, a receipt system and a tax document system, like simple system. And then the level up is how to use like tax smart accounts and how to, and I actually teach about investing um, because I think a lot of people write off the idea that they could save for retirement or set up benefits for themselves, but you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really and truly can. And it's my secret hidden agenda that I want every artist to have a stash of fuck you money. <laughs> and so I love I really that like so that much. Support. And some people might be listening and think, oh, how would I ever get there? How could I get there? Like that is something that you only have, or I used to have when I had that corporate job, or I used to have, you know, but, but mm-hmm. I really think it's about mindful planning and and educating yourself and and you're here to help us with that i just love that it's so it's so true and i learned so many things in school for accounting like the government sets up all these tax advantaged accounts on purpose to accelerate your savings hmm. and yet if you don't know that they exist you can't use them you're like right. you have to just learn that they exist and and look at the math to see like oh my god with the power of compound interest this really is possible it doesn't seem like it's possible but it is possible this is why in this free class that i offer which is sort of the opener to you know when i'm opening up my program i offer this free class which kind of teach some of the systems inside my bootcamp and um and then you know talk about what's in it i do I do the math despite people advising me to take it out in my presentation. I'm like, no, because Mm. this is what I want every artist to do. Like I cannot stop myself. (laughs) (laughs) I want everybody to see what compound interest, you know, what, when you invest your money and when you use tax advantaged accounts, like a solo 401k or a SEP IRA that you really can like get this gigantic pile of money. Um, but you have to know it exists and you have to just get in this habit of putting the money in there every year. That's, that's all it is. It's a habit. Yeah. It's a good habit, you know? And I think I, I hope people are listening going like, what, how do I learn more about this? You know, she's speaking right to me and my unease. And you mentioned free class. So you have one coming up, make taxes easier and stash an extra one thirty. Hey, in your savings? Is that what it's called? That's what it's, yes. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> I mean, really, it's such a good title because, and I questioned it because I was more like, really? You can? So 
let's go learn about that together, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I will do the math. I will show you where that 130K comes from. Um, I will literally do that math, despite people telling me I shouldn't spend so much time in that showing, teaching people this math problem. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? But you can come and learn about the system. Yeah. Yeah. If we can see that that's possible, why wouldn't you show it? You know? That's the thing. That's the thing that I believe. I just believe it. I think if you see that it's possible, if you see it, you'll be able to do it. Mm. Certainly, if you never see it, you won't do it. (laughs) So it's the path. It's the path. But anyway, yeah. So this this class, um, I think it's really great. I put a lot of energy into it. And um, there's a lot of other creative people there and they start chatting in the chat. And I really love it. So um just an hour and i try to make it so that it's really valuable you know if you just want to come for the hour you can kind of like learn some stuff about how your taxes work and how to make a system that will make it easier fantastic Um, so and then you have um, go ahead yeah so people can sign up for that at um go.sunlighttax.com slash free um you have to register to come to the class um but it's free um so yeah go there. And I think you'll probably put that in the show notes, that link. I surely will. Yes, indeed. And you have, you have a podcast that you're very generous with information on as well. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't dance for 30 seconds on Instagram reels. (laughs) I find it very hard to convey a tax concept in 30 seconds. Um, but you can do it in five minutes. So yeah. So I realized that the podcast was the setting. Um, so the sunlight podcast is my podcast and, um, yeah, I try to, I try to, um, in tax season, it tends to be pretty focused on like, this is what's coming up this month, you know, so like January 1099 stuff and February, um, will be a little bit more about like preparing for the tax return. But I also talk about mindset stuff and what my clients are going through, um, anonymously always but you know mm-hmm. stories are helpful for connecting this stuff and making it feel yeah. real so really helpful yeah. yeah so i just love that you've made a space that feels approachable and i can't wait to you know hear from i often hear that you will hear from listeners and i hear too like oh my gosh i didn't feel alone after that it really made a difference yeah. i'm I feel seen. So I think especially around something that's kind of a taboo conversation, but not so massively important that that's why I wanted to just start now and and continue to have you come and talk to us and just make sure you all go listen to Sunlight Podcast too and, and learn what you need to learn and go to that free class. I'm very excited. Thank you, Margo, so much. It's just so... Um... I feel like it's really generous of you to have me on your mm. podcast and highlight my work. I I feel really honored. You know, we're all in this together is what I always say. And I, I think we're so lucky in this sort of creative family community, whatever you want to call it, that we do tend to lift each other up or support each other because we understand how tricky that is. And that goes right into you listening to the fact that taxes weren't taught how can you help your fellow creatives and you know obviously you've done it in spades i think that's the magic of being an artist when i was a younger person i thought being an artist was about me gaining the skills to be a great painter and negotiate with the gallery and 
the only reason I've been in it for almost 20 years now is because I discovered the real magic, which is other artists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because when you're alone, when you're the weirdo alone in your studio, it can be really hard. But the thing that makes it possible is just this amazing network of people. We need each other because it's such solitary work. And um, it's like amazing resource sharing that we do. I have discovered a million cool things and tangible skills from other artists. So yeah. it felt completely natural for me. It was like obvious to me when I learned taxes. I was like, I need to teach artists how to do this. So mm. that is just artist training right there. And I think it's it's what you are doing right here, Margo. It's what every listener inherently knows. I think it's the magic. Thank you. Yes. It's that it is a real job, right? It is a real passion. And for those that don't see that, I just, uh, that's okay. I just feel sorry for them, but we're here for it. We're here for it. <laughs> I want to know who's inspiring you these days. Oh, who's inspiring me these days? You know, I haven't actually looked at his work in a minute, but just, I recorded a podcast talking about this moment of inspiration I had with this artist who I actually went to graduate school with. His name is Matt Phillips. Mm. Um, he is just a massively talented painter who mm. I'm a very literal painter kind of I do representational painting and I try to make it very conceptual but I'm always impressed with people who just like seem to come out of their imagination mm -hmm. um, and he has this sensibility he'll pull in stuff from like a quilt from his grandmother and like from oh, Kandinsky wow. and just all these references and just kind of turns into this like warm fun work so matt phillips is an artist who definitely is inspiring me um and a totally not art one is uh, a podcaster scott galloway this mm. podcaster who first attracted me because he talked about the crisis um universities like education sort of uh inaccessibility of he's kind of a business guy. And what I really love about him is he's very optimistic about the U S and patriotic about things like paying your taxes, stuff mm. that you don't hear from business people enough. And, um, he's really speaking truth to power. And, uh, I really, really love, um, when somebody who's got a voice in this world is talking about like, yeah, pay your taxes. And like, yeah. yeah, the government is amazing. When we want it to function, it functions well. You know, like, yeah. look at the Fed, look at the U.S. Treasury, uh, look at the FAA. Like, when we want it to work, it works. So mm -hmm. it's basically about our will. And, um, mm. you know, I have a huge part of my work that we haven't really talked about here. Maybe we will in the future. It's like the civic side of it. And I think artists are such natural activists that I just want to engage that sense of like, text is actually flow into a system that is about what we value as a society. Mm -hmm. And when we have the will for it, we can do amazing things. I mean, mm -hmm. just like, I know people are down on Biden right now, but man, has he passed some amazing legislation. And mm -hmm. when, when the Biden administration and Congress uh, expanded the child tax credit during COVID, we cut child poverty in this country in half overnight. Oh my gosh. So massive things are possible when we have the will. And so I just want to encourage people like we actually do have the power. It's it's really important not to give up our power. So yeah. that is another <laughs> inspiration for me. I love that. That's so important to say, you know, the whole civic 
how, you know, people say civic duty, but I think you could say civic, a passion for it, you know, a passion for being mm-hmm. thoughtful about how you walk through life um, and, and how you give. And even as a, there's so many ways to share your knowledge, your expertise, your time. And by mm-hmm. aligning, I mean, to go back to the taxes, aligning the fact that you're doing what you're supposed to in time also helps the system that's been created to do things a certain way for a certain reason. For sure. And there's two sides. Taxes are always two-sided. Like I yeah. talked about like the, the responsibility versus the benefit, but there's also like you pay your tax, like the American revolution, just to bring it to the origin story. Yeah. <laughs> um, the American revolution, the, the throwing the tea in the harbor, it was not because we were taxed. It was because we were taxed without being represented. Mm. And the other side of paying your taxes is that you get to be represented. And, mm. you know, if you're not engaged in your democracy and you're not fighting against the gerrymandering in your state, I'm coming to you from North Carolina, which is very gerrymandered. Um, but I'm also a turf captain for my precincts because I really care about our democracy. Like to me, Love that's that. the other side yeah. of being a good citizen is like that engagement piece. And I think people think that posting something on Instagram is civic engagement. And I'm here to tell you, <laughs> uh, knock on some doors in your precinct. That is oh. civic engagement. <laughs> it's a whole, whole different viewpoint for sure. Just uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I, but when we have the will really, like, I think, I think that's the important thing. It's just like, we can do such amazing things. So I just don't want people giving up on this country. We're, we're capable of so much more. Yeah. So much more. Yeah. That's a good way to. So much to more. <laughs> yeah. So let's yeah. learn from you and align ourselves so that we can, we can be our best you know, I don't want to, I don't, I felt like that might be glossing it over, but I think I love how you wrap that together because it's, because I feel like often as artists, we're in our studios, we're in our spaces, kind of chugging along, doing our own little thing, but it's so important to step back and say, yes, there is a bigger hole here that Mm -hmm. I'm, that I'm a part of. And, and that you can be supported by that. You know, you can be supported because you're, because you're part of that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I, and artists are such, we're the observers. We're the, we're the, the lead of the culture. You know, we change the culture. So when artists know things, when artists are doing things, when artists are rattling the cage, like stuff happens. Yeah. That's why I think it's the greatest place to be working. I agree. I'll I'll be right here. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, um, Come back again. We'll keep talking taxes. And I just can't wait for more people to find out about what's possible for them through you. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Margot. I'm just honored. And I, I love your show. I love what you're doing. Oh, hey. Right back at you. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.